Welcome to our evening service. We're going to start, please, with 487. The title is Sometime We Will Understand. And the title itself is leading into the theme of the whole hymn, not now but in the coming years, of all the events of life and the uncertain things going on. Sometimes you can't fit that puzzle together. It doesn't make any sense. What is the Lord doing? How come my life seems to be going in one direction when I would wish it in another, perhaps? Yet still, when we trust in God in all our ways, we find that He is the one who is superintending. He is in charge of all. Let's trust Him for that. Standing to sing, 487.
Let's bow before the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight again with thanksgiving in our hearts, the blessing of the Lord's day. And Father, a day that you have given to us, set aside for the worship, worship of the name of our Lord, a gathering of your people in various houses of prayer and praise across this entire world. And Lord, we know that the promise of this day remains until our Lord Jesus comes back again. We're thankful for the Christian Sabbath, for the marker of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. It is the Lord's day. And so, Father, as we come to grab hold of and take the full value of the Lord's day, help us to give into Your hands the entire time to use it wisely, to use, O God, our time for meditation, for rest, for reading, for prayer, for worship, for gathering together. And dear Lord, help our testimony to be in the community, one that is bright, one that is very clear. Let our testimony never be muddied or sullied because of bad testimony on our part. Dear Lord, we pray that we would enjoy the fullness of so great salvation. We don't deserve the least of Your mercies, Lord, but given to us have been the very greatest. And we stand tonight clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We stand, Lord, tonight justified freely by Thy sovereign grace. And Lord, tonight we know it is nothing to do with ourselves. We're asking, O Lord, to come and pour out Your blessing on this fellowship, on our congregation, on every family member, and that, Lord, we would be useful soldiers in the army of Christ, that we would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit every day, that we would not fall to the temptations of the evil one. Lord, strengthen us with might in the inner man. We ask, Lord, these things according to the promises of Scripture and according to all that we have been guaranteed through the merit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thankful we stand today on redemption ground. We're standing today on resurrection ground. And we know that because our Lord Jesus lives, we shall live also. And O oh God, we only have glory, victory, everlasting life to look forward to. Never let the devil, Lord, bring us to points and times of, of depression, of being cast down. Even as we have been singing in our opening hymn, though times around us may be difficult, Though we have no answer and dreams and wishes and hopes might be dashed, Lord, not working out the way we thought, yet, Father, we walk by faith and we want to walk in trust. And therefore, we pray that we will know the Spirit's direction and leading every single step. Dear Lord, keep your hand, we pray, 
upon everyone in the congregation, upon our families, upon our sick ones, upon our elderly, upon those who are shut in and cannot get out. Let them have their portion of the blessing. Be with them, Lord. Let them know and feel our prayers for them. And let them know that their Savior is interceding for them continually at the right hand of the Majesty on high. Remember, Lord, the work in Port Hope. We pray for Brother Cranston that Your hand would continue on him. We pray for our Brother Simon as he ministers there tonight. Bless him, be with him, encourage him. We ask for all of our congregations. We're praying, Lord, for a moving of the Spirit and a revival blessing that all of us would be drawn closer to our Lord Jesus. Remember the work in Cloverdale, and we look forward, Father, to the coming ordination installation of Brother Fitton. May those services be very special. May we be conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit of our Lord Jesus with us at that time. Remember the work in Calgary tonight, as they are without a pastor. Lord, undertake for them in a very special way. Encourage the hearts of Your people. Bless all who are preaching there, who are filling in the pulpit. Watch over each one. And Lord, bless and harmonize, unify, consolidate the congregation in a very strong way. Remember the work in Phoenix also without a pastor. Bless them there and the work in Fredericton. And dear Lord, we are thankful for your hand moving upon our brother Frank DiDerno, and we look forward, Lord, to see what you are going to do as he travels down there early September. Dear Father, go in front of him and make the crooked ways straight and the rough places plain. Even now, Lord, we ask to prepare a people and bring in souls who are eager for the things of God and bless your servant's ministry right from the very beginning. Many others, Lord, in our various churches and our mission stations all need specific power and help, the drawing near of the Lord to them. Father, bless them all, we pray, and may there be a, an ingathering, an expansion of the works, a blessing of all that we are involved in, all that we have been led by the Spirit to be engaged in. Hear us, Lord, tonight. We pray for the upcoming Highland Creek outreach on Saturday. And we ask, Father, for blessing upon each one who will go. And as we hand out gospel tracts, Bibles, and bottles of water with the gospel texts on them, Lord, prepare every heart who will receive those. Give us opportunities to share our faith and to speak well of our Savior. Take away the fear of man. Let there not be any snares or difficulties, but help us to go in the joy and strength and power of the Holy Spirit. We also pray for our annual meeting on Wednesday night. Lord, as we reflect and think of all the blessings that we have had in the year 2022, we cannot begin to enumerate them now. They are so many. And Lord, we have proved again the faithfulness of our God to us. And so, Lord, as we come, we, we humble ourselves before You. 
We come and say, Lord, deal with our hearts. Make use of us, O God, we ask. Make us soul winners, we pray. Remember that man that was spoken to yesterday in the gas station, an elderly man. O God, we pray the Word would speak to his heart and he would be brought to faith in the Lord Jesus. Hear our prayers now this evening. Continue your blessing on us. Father, we think too of the upcoming mayoral election in Toronto. And O God, we pray that it would please you to put the right person in that position of authority in our land. O God, we are in a very sad state of affairs today. When we look at those who are our politicians around the representatives politically, Lord, we have no confidence in the politics of our land. No confidence, Lord, in our politicians. But we pray for them. We pray for their salvation. We pray that they will be guided and directed by the Spirit of God. We ask, Lord, that You would help us in this time, especially with all the advertisement this, this month of the evil around us in our day, of the abomination and wickedness that is promoted as just a variant lifestyle. Lord, help us, we pray, to be a light in these dark times. So, Father, draw near to us tonight. Open the Scriptures to our hearts and our hearts to the Word. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Number 125, yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. We'll stand, please, to sing.
upon this third verse, you will notice it speaks about he, him who pardoned erring Peter, never needs thou fear. And of course, that's been the subject of our messages the last few Lord's days as we've been studying the post-resurrection appearances of our Lord Jesus and what that was. He who came to faithless Thomas, all thy doubt will clear. He who let the loved disciple on his bosom rest, bids thee still with love as tender lean upon his breast. In the words of verse 4, we're going to watch the words on the screen as the instruments play on the fourth, fourth verse, and then we'll all join, please, on verse 5. That was good. You can be seated. And that was a little bit of a, a warm-up for our time of worship and singing after this service tonight. And so that was good. And we appreciate all who are playing on their instruments. And they'll be doing so after our service in the praise time again tonight too. Let's turn please in our Bible tonight to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, from verses 10 to 14. 
For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into this place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Of verses in the Scripture that bring encouragement to us, and they would settle a troubled mind, there is a blessed truth here that is spoken about when the Lord said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. This prophecy that Jeremiah wrote and spoke was the same word that Daniel read when in chapter 9 of his prophecy he began to seek the Lord after he had read of the end ending of those 70 years that Jeremiah had spoken of. The Lord has a purpose and a time, and He is working according to the plan that He has determined. And thankfully, tonight, if you are in Christ, you are part of that plan. And that is very, very encouraging to us tonight. Let us rejoice, therefore, and take hold of the exhortation that the Lord has given to us that when we seek Him, we will find Him as we search for Him with all our hearts. And of course, the Lord is not playing hide and seek with us. He, he wants His people to seek after Him. He wants us to let nothing be as a barrier, a hindrance, an obstacle to come between us and the Lord. No, He wants that to be an open way of communication. And let that always be the case for us as His people, that we will not allow the devil to take us astray. We will keep our focus and our eyes, our attention by faith upon our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to our evening service tonight. We're glad that you're here with us in body, in person, and also to welcome all the folks who are joining us online. Let me extend again our condolences to our sister Serene, the passing of her aunt, June the 3rd, Mrs. Lung, 
And the funeral will be this coming Saturday at 1.30, the Elgin Mills Funeral Home, and that will is in Richmond Hill, and it's at 1.30. If you're able to attend, if you need more details, they are on our church bulletin, so you will have them there. We continue to hold up the rest in our congregation who have been sick or are struggling with some physical disability. It was so good to see Brother Richard Teo in the service this morning. And uh, our sister Joan, when he first came in, she went over and made him very, very welcome and just expressed the Christian love uh, to that dear brother. And that's encouraging for us to be able to do that. And we pray for him. It's good to see Ron in the service again tonight. And we pray for our dear brother. The Lord would continue to bless. Last Wednesday night, as we know, Our baptismal service was a great blessing to our congregation, and we continue to pray for the three folks who were baptized. The Lord's hand would continue upon them. And the prayer times that we had on Monday and Tuesday, well attended, and I am so thankful for the hunger for prayer that God has put within the hearts of people in the congregation. It's a blessing to the pastor, and I know that our elders are also very encouraged about that. So let's continue to press on in our private prayers, in our public praying, each time we gather in the church for uh, the times and worship services. If you have not been able to attend our pre-service prayer time at 5.50, as you come to church Sunday evening, make sure you come a little bit early, come in time, and they are also very precious times of prayer. We meet in the fellowship room just out through these doors here. You're very welcome to come and join with us then. After our service tonight, we're going to be spending a few moments just to praise the Lord. And you can think now about maybe a hymn that you would like to sing, and we will have a time of worship then. Wednesday evening will be our annual general meeting as we review the blessings of God upon our congregation primarily for 2022, but it's always a good thing to thank the Lord for His ongoing blessing for us. So please come along on Wednesday evening. Sometimes people might think, oh, that's only a general meeting. I'm not going to come and listen to a bunch of boring figures and facts and so on. No, 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 don't think like that. Come along, be part of the fellowship, rejoicing, and be encouraged about that. Because we usually have a time of fellowship afterwards, something light, refreshment, which would always be a nice thing. I know we had that last Wednesday, but it wouldn't hurt us to have it again. It's always nice to enjoy that time uh, together. And of course, mentioning about Saturday in the Highland Creek Outreach at 10 o'clock, from 10 to 4, see our brother Kingsley Jew for any further instructions that you need. And if you didn't put your name down on the outreach list and you just want to come along and walk around and walk through, you're very welcome to do that. The details can be found online as to where that is located. And our next Lord's Day services are Bible classes and Sunday school for all ages at 9.50 and then our morning service at 11, evening service at 6.30. After the evening service next Lord's Day, it will be a a gathering afterward, a meeting for those who put down their names as volunteers 
for the Pregnancy Care Center. And uh, as the, the center is asked that the elders, the congregation would uh, be in charge or kind of overseeing those people who are representing the church and being a part of that ministry, it's important, it's necessary that you would have to be a member of the church in order to participate in that uh, outreach uh, from and under the auspices of our ministry. And you come along next Lord's Day evening for some further instructions. Don't forget, June 23rd, the ordination of Brother Andrew Fitton in Cloverdale. And then on July the 1st, Canada Day, we're having a church family barbecue, a time of fireworks and good fellowship together, and um, time to invite a friend or a neighbor to come along to the church then, and we look forward to a good time of fellowship. We'll sing again to the Lord's praise, number 400. And 88, 488, remain seated while we sing. Stand for the final verse.
Turn, please, now to John 21, the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Over the last number of weeks, if you are tuning in online for the first time tonight, or you are visiting our congregation, we have been looking at the post-resurrection appearances of the Lord to His disciples, and we have been studying about the conversation that Jesus had with Peter in front of six other disciples as they were on the shore of the Lake of Galilee. It is thought by a number of commentators that the disciples went there because before the Lord had been crucified, He told them that when He had risen from the dead, He would go to Galilee and meet them. And it's thought, well, they went there with the anticipation of seeing the Lord further. Christ had met with them already for two appearances when the disciples were gathered together. Of course, Thomas not there in the first one. And the Lord, though, did not spend extended time with His disciples during those weeks. Whatever else the Lord was doing, appearing to others perhaps, traveling around, we don't exactly know. But then this final appearance, the third time to the disciples, well, it was significant because He had a message for Peter. And that conversation that He had, well, it involved the three questions and the three answers. And then the verse that we looked at this morning and for tonight, the two verses actually, is what we're thinking about now. And it's in verse 18 and 19 of John 21. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girded thyself and walked whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou would not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. And with your Bibles and your hearts open, let's ask for the Lord to help us again. Father, hear our prayer tonight. We come with the certainty, the assurance, the promise that as we gather in Christ's name, two or three, in this case, many more, we are assured, Lord, of Your presence with us. And therefore, tonight, we pray that we will know the speaking voice of the Spirit to us. Again, we ask for the distractions of life to be taken from us, and Lord, shut us in to Yourself tonight, now, 
for whatever time we have left in this service and open our understanding and bless the Word to our hearts. And Father, change us, we pray, so that we will be more like our Lord. For this is the purpose that we have been saved, the purpose we have been born again and that we are to serve. So, hear our prayers, Lord, tonight we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. A mercy it was from the Lord, no doubt, that He gave Peter the opportunity of reaffirming his love as weak and as faulty as it was. I think we all step into Peter's shoes in those circumstances, don't we? When we find it so difficult to say, yes, Lord, we love you with the very highest form of love. Yet still the Lord came down to Peter's level, didn't He? And He said, okay, Peter, do you love me even in the kindly, gentle, endearing love? He did so because He knew that Peter was just dust He knew his weaknesses and his failures. He knew the imperfection of his love, as the Lord knows the imperfection of our love. And he remembers that we are but made of dust. And we fail many times. And yet today, we know we can stand in the purity and holiness and merit of our perfect Redeemer and of His righteousness. The Lord in His kindness to Peter, and in the witness of all those who were with him, because the other disciples, they needed to hear the questions and the answers. They needed to be there because God had a purpose for Peter. He was going to be the apostle to the Jews. He was going to be, in some respect, the leader of the apostles. Though we do not believe in the false teaching of apostolic succession, which is a teaching that believes the authority and the power that is supposed to have been in the hands of Peter was passed down to others that came after him, i.e. papal succession. No, that is not in the Bible, and it is not something that we hold to at all. But there was indeed a special ministry that God had set aside for the apostles. And their calling, their office, was not repeated. It was for the season that they lived after the Lord rose from the dead and ascended to glory. Paul himself recognizes he was one born out of due season. He came after. He was not part of the initial disciple band. In fact, he was one who greatly persecuted the church of Christ. But the Lord saved him, rescued him, and called him to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And yet, his position or place was not repeated. Unlike, of course, the repetition of eldership, of the office of the deacon, as God continues to see His church organized in a proper manner, things being done decently and in order in a governing capacity. But we're thinking 
tonight again about these verses that Jesus spoke to Peter. They are, in some respect, verses that have been maybe passed by, by some of us, perhaps ignored. Maybe as you've read through them, you wondered about them and just passed on. But nothing, nothing that the Lord Jesus spoke was just to fill up the words on a page. We do that. Students do that in their essay work. They fill up with a lot of stuff, thinking that the more words they put in, they might get a better mark at the end of the day. But the astute teacher will know this is just filler. This is not good. But the Lord Jesus never used filler. All that He said and everything that He mentioned to His disciples was for teaching for us and instruction as well. And so, what do we draw from this truth? Is that there is comfort and determination in the hearts of God's people because of the truth that flows from Christ knowing our past, our present, and our future. And we can rest tonight in that, dear brothers and sisters. This morning, we thought about the reflection of former days when the Lord said to Peter in verse 18, when thou wast young. And he held up the mirror, the mirror of reality to Peter. He wanted him to think back to his former days. Then he was carefree, rugged, determined, his own person. He did things his own way. He went, he came, he pleased himself. He did things according to his own sinful lifestyle. He was marked then by self-determination and a spirit of, well, independent activity. When he girded himself, Jesus said, with a belt to bind, to wrap together, when Peter was younger, for he was in the beginning and prime of his life when Jesus spoke to him. So when he was younger, he followed his own path, but not the path of the Lord. And many of us can testify the same thing. When we were in our younger, foolish, and rebellious days, we followed and did things according to our position and purpose. We did things by our book, not by the Lord's book, by our plan and not by His plan. And the Lord said to Peter, you walked where you wanted to walk. And that independent activity, well, it was the activity of the natural man. It was the activity of the default position that we all come to in ourself, and that is wanting our own way. And the truth is that the Lord saw Peter's past life. He knew all about it. He knew all the details. He knew what Peter had thought before. He knew all of his sin because nothing can be hidden from the Lord. He searches and knows the mind of every single individual. The concept of that is so beyond our comprehension. And it's a good thing, isn't it, that we do not know what other people are thinking. Oh, sometimes we might, but it's a good thing we don't. But the Lord 
knows all these things. We began this morning introducing the second point, which was the contrast of years. Because then the Lord switched in verse 18, and He said, when thou art old, when you shall be old. And so Peter, we learn from that, he lived a relatively long life. The indication here is that he was in the beginning of his gospel ministry, as the day of Pentecost was not far away, they would be endued with the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven, and he would begin his main life ministry of proclaiming Christ with authority and power by the Spirit, no longer fearful of the face of man, but setting forward in the great calling that God had given to him. He would, though have at the end of his life, not the same liberty he enjoyed during his very early years and in the independence of his, well, his service for Christ. Some of those things were physical, but now he has going to lose that liberty that once he had. And as we continue in the second point, liberty that is lost. We're told in verse 18 that he, will, he would stretch out his hands and another would gird him and they would carry him where he would not go. He would stretch out his hands. Another would gird him. Remember that the word for gird is to tie up, to bind tightly together. For Christ's cause and the gospel, Peter had come to the full harvest of his work. He is now an old man. From an ordinary working man and a common fisherman, the Lord took of the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. And Peter, an uneducated fisherman, when he stood before the whole Sanhedrin in the early book of the Acts, and he proclaimed what Jesus had done, and he looked at those men straight in the eye and said, you have taken the, the Lord of glory and you've crucified Him. There's no fear in those words now, for He is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord took weak Peter, the one who had denied his Savior. Now he has recommissioned him and he's on the trajectory of doing the work of his lifetime. And those years have clicked by. And he's now coming to the full harvest of that ministry. There came a day for Peter when his ordinary liberty was taken from him. It would eventually lead him to his death. No one looks forward to such a day. None of us do. We don't look forward to the day of our death because the Lord has put within us self-preservation. All we know 
in the hope of the gospel that the day of our death is but the introduction to the glory. As someone recently said, sudden death means sudden glory, and that is true. When it came down to that day for Peter, his life, his testimony, his message of the gospel, it would mean that he was going to suffer the ultimate sacrifice for the Lord. Many faithful followers of Christ have given up their freedom because they refuse to deny their Lord and their Savior. And though their physical liberty was gone, yet in those days their spiritual integrity and their spiritual liberty was intact. Many have testified in later years about the prison cell that they had been in. It was like the garden of the Lord. It was a taste of heaven on earth. Why? Because Christ, their Redeemer, was with them. He was there and gave them great peace, a peace that passed all understanding. I mean, remember in Peter's day, he was condemned to die the next day, and there he was in the prison cell, sound asleep. He was content in the Lord, and his life was in the hands of his God. A few years ago, as we know the situation in communist China is a most difficult one, and for the underground church today, it is extremely hard. Churches throughout China suffered continual and sometimes more aggressive persecution intensified through the 1950s and 1960s. Satan's fury had been unleashed on them. One Christian who suffered greatly at that time was a man called George Chen. His name was Minying Chen. He was born in 1932, a very humble family. The chaos engulfing China at the time, it caused him to move with his family to Shanghai, where George grew up. After hearing the gospel, he surrendered his life to Christ. And the Lord burdened his heart and gave him the gift of evangelism. And so he founded three rural churches, a total of around 300 members, who apparently most of them were personally won to the Lord, to Christ, by George. The believers had a hunger for the Word of God, and they began to do what they had been taught to do, and that was to evangelize. Well, it caught the attention of the communist authorities. Shen was arrested in 1960 and imprisoned for a counter-revolutionary charge. For about three and a half years, George was one of five inmates crammed into a cell that was so small that the men had to sleep head to toe on their sides. 
They had one small bucket as a latrine in the corner of their cell. They were crammed in like sardines in a can. They all suffered from very inhumane treatment and starvation. Shen's wife and son were not allowed to contact him during this incarceration, and for years he was oblivious to the fact that his wife had died and his son had been killed by communist authorities. After months of back-breaking work, seven days a week, the prison leaders were rather infuriated that this man was still a devout believer, and they couldn't break him from his evangelistic zeal and denying that Jesus was the Lord. His faith was still intact. And that, friend, is not something that is part of the individual. That is by God's great grace as He was blessing this man. Then Shen was ordered to the worst job in the entire prison. Daily, he was shoveling human excrement to be used as fertilizer. The massive amount of waste from 60,000 prisoners flowed into a large cesspool a short distance from the cells. He later recalled the struggle of those long and difficult years and how he was often troubled with the thought that God had abandoned him, but his faith remained intact and the Lord was with him. He said, I spent my days deep in human waste, turning it with a shovel to make compost. They thought I would be miserable, but actually, I was happy. It smelled so bad that no one came near me so I could pray and sing aloud all day. If I was not a Christian, I would have died because the smell was maddening and the stench terrible. But I enjoyed being alone in the cesspool so I could pray to our Lord and recite the Scripture and sing hymns loudly. To counteract the thoughts that he had been forsaken as he stood deep in human waste, every day this man would sing the beautiful words of his favorite hymn in the garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the Son of God discloses and He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I am His own and the joy we share as we tarry there. No other has ever known.
Shen was released from prison in 1978, and he continued evangelizing and taking Bibles and books as much as he could to needy parts in China. On October the 27th, 2021, when George Shen died peacefully in his sleep while in Hong Kong, he was 89 years of age. The story of a man like Peter who lost his liberty, but he had gained so much more. His captors thought they would break him, but he was a free man in his spirit and with his Lord. Yes, there's a great contrast, isn't there, in what the Lord was sharing with his servant Peter of what he was and how he would conclude his days. We come thirdly tonight to the meaning of Christ's prophecy. Verse 19. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Of course, those are the words of our Lord. Most commentators believe that the words of verse 18 have direct reference to the martyrdom of Peter. And John makes it clear in verse 19 that this verse speaks directly about the fact that Peter would die. But we don't have the details. It just gives us the fact. So it leaves us to piece together the best that we can from church history, whatever evidence is there, realizing that we cannot declare conclusively the details of the event. Between early church fathers and historians and of church tradition, which you can put very little confidence in, it is suggested that Peter was imprisoned for his faith as a leader of the sect of Christianity. Well, that we would understand very clearly. And after the great fire in Rome that happened on July the 18th, A.D. 64, when the insane emperor Nero was supposedly playing his fiddle while Rome burned, and some people believe that Nero was responsible for setting the fire of Rome because he was in his madness, Nero, after the fact, had to find someone to blame. And that was the beginning, the eruption of persecution to find who can be a scapegoat for this, who caused this fire and all the devastation. And Christians were an easy target. And so that persecution began with great fury at that time when Nero would capture Christians, put them in his garden, cover them with oil, and set them on fire to be human candles in his garden. 
This is the time that Peter was said to have been taken by force. Remember, where he would not choose to go himself. And he was crucified. The the tradition continues that Peter felt himself to be unworthy to be crucified upright as his Master and Lord had been. And so he requested to be crucified upside down. From this phrase, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, it is thought that Peter was gird, tied, or nailed to a cross. Now whatever we make of this traditional record of Peter's martyrdom, it is clear that he died for his faith. Here was a very different view now of God's servant. He was not boisterous. He was not full of his own ability. But he had learned well the teaching of Jesus without me. He can do nothing. As he was being led to a martyr's death, and he knew he would soon be with his Lord, and if the question was asked by Jesus then, Simon, son of Jonas, phileo me, do you love me with a general kindly love? Would he not have replied with his heart and his soul at that time, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I agape you. You know that I love you with all that I am and all that I have. And I am going willingly to this death. Yes, Lord, maybe now I can say I have a higher form of love for my Lord. And you know, friends, from all of this as we wrap it and tie it up together. There's great comfort for the child of God in knowing this, that Christ knows about our death, our past, our present, our future. He knows. It's no surprise to our Lord about the details of our lives. He's in control. And not only allowing, but purposing every step that we take. When we are fearful about such thoughts, is it not a great comfort to us, brothers and sisters, that our Savior has always promised to be with us and He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is with us right to the end, to the edge of the river Jordan of death. And He is going to usher, escort us over Have we anything to fear? Mr. Ryle said, It is an unspeakable consolation to remember that our whole future is known and forearranged by Christ. There is no such thing as luck 
or chance or accident in the journey of our life. Everything from beginning to end is foreseen, arranged by one who is too wise to err, too loving to do us any harm. What a great statement. What a great line that is. Speaking about our God, He is too loving to do us any harm, too wise to err. So, our Lord Jesus Christ, He knows about our death. And we learn also that our death will glorify God. That's what He said in verse 19. This spake He signifying by what death He should glorify God. And that tells us in the life of us as believers, no life of someone in Christ is wasted. You don't die by accident. God has a purpose when we come to the day of our death. And you might think that sometimes people die. is not very dramatic. It might be on a sick bed from a long time. Ah, but friend, every word of God is true. And we know this, that the Lord Jesus Christ will usher us to the point of our death and through it so that we will glorify Him. Can we be faithful unto the death as well as be faithful in life? Whatever the Lord will require of us, we are called to walk by our faith and not our sight. And this is not something done by human effort. We know it. Not by our power, but only by divine grace. And He will enable us, no matter what the suffering comes our way. We know of some in history who have paid that ultimate sacrifice. At least we've read about them. The testimony of Jesus from the time of the first martyr Stephen to the killing of James by Herod with the sword, Paul and Peter, and most of the apostles, they were martyred for their faith. And what about the Christians in the early church that were thrown to the lions in the Colosseum in Rome just to be sport for the bloodthirsty crowds? And all through church history, the time of Bloody Mary in 1555, when Latimer and Ridley and Cranmer and Hooper and Farrar and hundreds more died a martyr's death at the stake, burned to death. The Spanish Inquisition and the thousands of people that were done to the death then, the tortures inflicted upon God's people. And all for what? All to satiate the bloodlust of wicked men inspired by Satan. They have been working from the beginning of time. But don't forget, friend, that God overrules and our Lord superintends. All that He purposes will come to pass. Yes, Christ knows about our death. That's a great comfort for us. And our death will glorify Him. 
and in glorifying God, we fulfill our purpose of life. Whether by our life or death, the believer is to live with that purpose. We are to live our Christian life on purpose because we have a purpose to live. And Paul said these words, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so our whole life to honor our Lord is for Him. And one final thought, number four, I leave with you tonight, the concluding command that Jesus spoke to Peter. It's this. He said to him, follow me. Was that the word of saying to Peter, follow me in the same death that I will die? Was it simply, you will follow me as my disciple, my servant, and you will follow me your whole life? There will be no more denials. There will be no more capitulation. Your life will now be set aside and set apart for my glory. And Peter you will have joy to do My will. Believer, tonight, can we say that we love our Lord and we delight to do His will? Can we say tonight we will joy in whatever God has for us? Therefore, by His grace, let there not be a complaining spirit within us ever. But let us say, Lord, whatever You want me to do, wherever You want me to go, however I can glorify Your name, let me have joy in this. Ah, friend, what about tonight? If you're not a believer here, if you're listening online to this message and you don't know Christ, what does it all mean to you? Well, you cannot properly suffer for the Lord until first you know Him. And you, you must know Him as your Lord and Savior. Come today. Don't delay. Call upon Him. Repent of your sin. And you will know Christ in you is the hope of glory. And you will know the joy and the peace of full salvation. Let's bow please in prayer. Father, we pray tonight that as we have tried to scratch the surface of these words and of the meaning of them, teach us, we pray, from Your Word that we will walk in humility with our God. And that, Lord, it's one thing for us to say now that we will follow wherever You lead, we can't do it, Lord, of ourself or our own ability. I must have the Savior with me, for I dare not walk alone. And so, Lord, empower us. Strengthen us with might in the inner man. Teach us always to know that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And, Father, make us bold bold as lions, strong in Him. 
Dear Father, hear our prayer tonight. Bless us now as we sing a closing hymn and then have some time together to sing our praise to the Savior. We ask in His name. Amen. We're going to conclude the meeting tonight with number 486. If you are not able to stay for 10 minutes or so of our praise, please feel free to leave while we we stand, while we sing this hymn. But if you're able to stay, we hope you will. 486. Please be seated. Please be seated. Well, let's take a hymn first of all from this section. We'll go one by one. Does someone have one here? Yes, brother? 298. 298. Hymn 298. Very good. Ah, the great hymn. Oh, I was at 88. Hang on here. There we go. Just remain seated. Let's sing the, the first and um, the first and the last verses.
Someone from this, raise your hand if you have one. We'll take it. Yes, brother? 264. All right, 264. Let us sing the first and the third verses. Let's have the instruments play that one, and we will do the third verse of that as the instrument. No, no, pardon me, the fourth verse. The fourth verse as the instruments play. so beautiful. Very good. We appreciate all the instruments that are playing, of course, the organ, the piano, and it just encourages us to sing. That chorus is so amazing. We have to sing just the chorus now again. So if we have the words up there of that one, you haven't gone away with it yet. There we go. All right, let's sing them. Someone here? Yes? 472. 472. All right. 
You're all being very orderly tonight. That's good. Putting up your hand and not shouting out. 472. Ah, very good. All right. This one, there is no chorus. So let us do three verses. And we will do one and... Let's see. One, five, and six. think we could dedicate uh, this hymn to our sister Serene. Where are you? You were here. Maybe you're out in the, uh, in the foyer. Serene and calm my frame, so pure light shall mark the road that leads me to the Lamb. Amen. All right, we have one over here on this side. 416. 416. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of earth beset on every hand. Doubt and fear, things of earth in vain to me are calling. None of these shall move me from Beulah land. Let's sing the first and the fourth verses.
Thank you, Alan. That's a good hymn. We have not sung that for a very long time, and it's a good one to be reminded of. Anyone else? Your hand up. All right, hold it, hold it, hold it. We have one here. We'll get you next. Yes, brother? 38? 28. 28. All right. 28. All right. Let's see. Uh, How great thou art. We'll do the first verse of this one and the fourth one because it speaks of the Lord coming. Maranatha. We are looking forward to the coming of our Lord. One and four. Amen. It was good to see the joy of the Lord, our brother Lou, as he was singing out there and praising his name. Yes, that 495. 495. We'll close with this one tonight. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. Let us sing this one. We will stand as we praise the Lord. We'll do all three verses.
Father, as we come to the conclusion of this blessed Lord's Day in Your house, with Your people, Father, but most especially, we have been so conscious of our Savior with us, of the Holy Spirit in our presence, filling us with joy, giving us the note of thanksgiving and of praise. And Lord, for these special times, foretaste of heaven, when we draw near to the the verge of Jordan, how thankful we are for the guidance of our great God and Savior and King. Our Father, we pray that we will be filled to the full with the joy of Christ and that we would go forward into this week and, Lord, You would open up very special opportunities of witnessing. Give us, we pray, the joy of sharing our faith and may the love of Christ and the beauty and the glory of our Redeemer be reflected through us. Hear our prayers tonight. Part us in Your fear and with Your rich blessing. For we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.